podcast with the tray and go back for another episode but we don't have a ricky or trey today we have an honorary member coach harrigan aka furious styles is with What's us up? and we have a very special guest my man from hampton university buzzy carruthers What's going on, Buzz? What's going, what's going on, young Tito Sparks? Indeed, indeed. So we're going to do a special episode today. This is the first part of our youth sports series here. Um, Buzz, introduce yourself. Let everybody know what you're doing within youth athletics today. Uh, well, my name's Buzzy Carruthers. I'm from Kansas City, Kansas. Um, I've been coaching for 11 years now, men's basketball, uh, boys' basketball. Um Came up as, as a youth coach. Um, that's where I really got started. Uh, as soon as I got out of school, started coaching. Um, and just kept moving up from, from there, honestly. Um, and I was, today you are at Nebraska, right, as director of yes. player development? Yes. I, I just recently got a uh, position with, you know, University of Nebraska um, as director of player development. So Dope, dope, man. We proud of you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, congrats on that. That's dope. And Coach Harrigan, introduce yourself one time for the people. 2016 Philadelphia Coach of the Year. All right. So I spent, I've been coaching for 11 years as well. I spent the first uh, 10 years as just a varsity basketball coach in Philadelphia. And now I am uh, coaching with Team Final, which is an AAU slash circuit basketball team on, on a Nike circuit. All right. Dope, dope. And one thing I like about this episode. Oh. Ironically, it is HBCU week, and all three of us attended HBCUs of our own. I graduated from Temple, but I always tell people I went to Hampton. Um, so met Buzz at Hampton. <laughs> you know, no, I graduated from Temple, but I went to Hampton. I went to Hampton. I was out there I still went. every homecoming. I went out there for all the special events, um, well, battle of the bands. Um, Norfolk versus Hampton and Howard versus Hampton. So I was still there. Some people might Shout have out to the FAMU. Shout out to FAMU, the biggest and best HBCU university. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, you got to relax. You got to relax. I will say this, Buzz. I went to visit FAMU one time, and that is the best college town I've ever been. Tallahassee, it's Florida different. is the best it's college different. town that I've ever been to. But It's different. As far as education, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got we can use facts. <laughs> but real quick, what made you guys want to attend an HBCU, especially you, Buzz, coming from Kansas City? Just so, kind of curious. Yeah, no, my uh, my father uh, actually attended Howard. He's from Kansas City originally, um, but he attended an HBCU and. Uh, my mother is from Washington D.C., uh, oh, okay. so yeah, so so um, we would go out there, and you know, my my family's like a very black family, and, and like I had a cousin that actually played football at Hampton, mm. and so you know, my dad going to HBCU, and then my family being out there around so many HBCUs, you know, D.C. surrounded by HBCUs. Um, they they would always you know they they kind of like pushed it and right. opened my eyes to it so you know went on the college black tour you know all of that 
Uh, <laughs> right. I remember know, that. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, you know them. You know, in high school, you had the black college tours. Right. And they went out to all these, all those HBCUs, man. And I was like, you know, hey, this is this is this, this, is, this is where I want to go. Exactly. I saw Hampton. I saw Hampton. It was, it was on the water, and uh, you know, the rest was history. My Made that your home by, the sea. <laughs> the home by the sea. Home by the sea. Home by the sea, and and what a great friendship I, I found with my young boy Tito. Indeed, indeed, my man. How about you, Jason? What made you want to go to an HBCU? For, for me, I just had always been in uh, predominantly black areas. All my schools I had ever went to were predominantly black. Um, so it kind of was just a natural fit. I really didn't have any um, other type of experiences. The good thing for me, though, um, because college is an opportunity to grow. Like, you get outside your um, your normal surroundings. The, the differences was just being all the way in Florida. The culture was so different. Like, while I thought I was going to be in, uh, you know, HBCU with black people, and I've been around black people forever, um, it was an eye-opener as far as, like, culture and different types of people. So um, I had a great experience. I learned a lot about myself and just people in general being around a different atmosphere. It's Tallahassee, Florida is a lot different from um, Jersey, Philadelphia, right. greater uh, area. Absolutely. You know, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. You say that because, you know, being a, a kid from Kansas City, like listening to East Coast hip hop, like that was like sort of my my thing. So that was like my swag. Like so, you know, in Kansas City, you know, you dressing like New York, you know, rappers and stuff. And when I got to Hampton, being around all these Philly, New York. DC, I was like, shit, I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that time we battle rapped in in Arms Room and I and I destroyed you? You remember that? Ah, uh, I killed you. <laughs> that was, that was, that was, hey, that's one of the greatest memories I ever have. I just killed you on the mic. Nah, was, dog, I shut it, it down. It was unbelievable. It was a great battle, but you had some bars, but I just had to do it to you. But I will I say, you. um. I will say for me, it was a different world. I used to love to show a different world. And a lot of people may or may not know Hampton is actually yeah. loosely, uh, different world is loosely based yes. off of Hampton. Yes. Um, yes, so correct. I feel like we don't have a lot of that for our young people today to be able to aspire to be a part of the HBCU community, whichever one you may choose. But watching that positive imagery of it, seeing guys become uh, mathematicians and and yes. doctors and things of that nature from an HBCU. Very important. And this week's first take was actually, yeah, they were in Delaware doing HBCU week, Stephen A. Smith, that whole crew. And, and, and being there made me just feel that pride of HBC, being an HBCU alum. Whether I graduated or not, I'm an alum, nigga. Fuck that. So <laughs> being somebody that attended HBCU, like, it filled me up the way I used to feel growing up. And I think I give Stephen A. Smith a hard time from time to time. But that was really great to see that, you know, he put HBCUs on that platform. You, utilizing ESPN and his platform to shine a light on historically black colleges. He went to Winston-Salem State. So I thought that right. that was great. And it got me thinking, and we've had these conversations before, how can we get the young athletes going to HBCUs and empower our community through that channel. Is that a thing? Is that realistic or is it not? You guys being involved in coaching, 
coaching young basketball players aspiring to play D1 basketball. Buzz, you are at a D1 university in one of the power conferences. Do you foresee, it's been a lot of talk about it, young athletes starting to move towards going back to the HBCUs? Well, I don't think it's ever going to happen, sad to say. You don't think it's realistic? I don't think it's realistic at all uh, because it's at the end of the day, what it always comes down to is money. And uh, until the those HBCUs um, are able to provide some of the same things that the PWIs provide, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just it's not going to happen. Uh, besides all the other things uh, that go on at that, you know, at the at, at this level, because. Um, but to me, it's got to no. be a vision. Somebody's got to have a vision. Just instead of Jay Z partnering with Robert, I mean, with um, Roger Goodell, why not partner with the the Robert Smiths of the world and start to pull your money together along with some other people and separate the HBCUs from the NCAA and start to pay the athletes that are at those universities. I mean, that's that's a big big idea. But I think it's going to take some kind of radical change like that. I don't think that players are going to automatically start to go in that direction without some influence from people like a Jay-Z, Robert Smith, whoever else who's, you know, puffy. I think it's going to take right. something Essen- radical I mean, of that nature. I mean, essentially, here's the, the bottom line is that, that if, if, those, if HBCUs decide to defect from the NCAA, they would have to pay players. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what you're getting to. Correct. Right. Right. So, I mean, of course, I think that should happen across the landscape. You know, um, it, you know, the question is what. What type of support do if, they if have? HBCUs, if, if HBCUs do it, what makes the other schools not what would make the other schools not do it if, if they see that it's feasible and then they start to lose all their profit and the kids that they're getting? You know what I mean? Jason, what do you think? So there's a couple of things. So I, the first thing that um, I heard was um, if the HBCUs could provide some of the things that the PWIs are providing, like what's what, what are some of those things? Because um, we're talking about like venues and things like that, um, the campus and facilities and such. Um, let's look at like uh, Villanova where they're – uh, gymnasium wasn't really big enough to hold some of those bigger games, so they used the Wells Fargo. So let's say kids went to a HBCU, they don't have the proper facilities. They can always kind of outsource that. Like if you had the Fab Five, that's true. you could figure out facilities and things like that. That's not really standing in the way. I think like the bigger thing is um, why are they going to HBCU? So let's take Hampton as a perfect example, right? Hampton is very close to a huge pot of talent that's been very successful. So let's say Hampton was like really entrenched in that community and um, not just being Hampton as an HBCU. And let's go to, let's go there just so that we say we went to HBCU, but um, we are going to go to this university that has nurtured us our entire lives, which, you know, allowed us to play in um, youth sports and provided different outlets for us as we were younger then maybe like once the kids get older, 
they feel more uh, loyalty or more of an obligation to want to go to Hampton as opposed to just to say, I'm going to like start this new trend. Cause, because really, I mean, the the young people don't really have any attachments to these universities at all. Well, that's what I'm so saying. It's, it's going really to take like, a Jay-Z. It's going to take somebody with some influence to start to get these kids to think in that, that type of mindset. That, in my right, opinion, but, it's not going to just happen on its own. No. I mean, even still, I think that, like, let's not even talk about the elite athletes. Let's talk about the ones who are not going to the top top power five conferences that are just going to random schools. You know, those kids could be going to HBCUs as well, but they really have no relationship with those HBCUs. So unless your parents went there or something like that, they don't really – there's no history attached or anything like that. Um, I do think that I don't think that Jay Z will necessarily do it. I think, like I said, it's going to be something a lot deeper than that, where these universities um, are putting back into the community. Are you saying the HBCUs aren't doing enough to market themselves as an option? Is that what you're saying? I think that they could do a better job. So I think that maybe like a Jay Z could probably partner with an HBCU to say, oh. Let's target the kids 10 years from now. So let's do something for them now so that once they come around, they'll have an op- they'll, they'll feel more connected to your university um, as opposed to just like, you know, the kid that they become 18, 19 years old that are going to college and like, you know, just go to Hampton. I don't really think that's going to happen. I don't really think Jay-Z can influence a kid to just go to Hampton. I think if there's a connection and the university's been giving back for a while, um, and the kids feel connected to that university, then there's a better chance to where they can start well, it, taking it. But to me, off. to me, it's going to have to be a movement. It's not going to happen on its own. Problem with the black community, in my opinion, there's no leaders. If there was a leader in place, and they said, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Here's the 10-year economic plan. We want our athletes to get in line and on board." Do you think that? these young athletes would follow suit. I think it would be be more probability, a better probability of them doing so. Um, So, but I also think that the young people control it as well because I don't know, you know, the the, say the Fab Five, you know, that was something organic that those kids chose to do and they made that, you know what I'm saying? So, um, okay, so you're saying, good, good questions. I mean, good point. So if you say R.J. Barrett, um, Cam Reddish and, and Zion Williamson, they all got together and said they're going to go to Duke. If they would have got together and said, we're going to go to North Carolina A&T, you, something like that could maybe start a youth movement. Oh, for sure. I mean, that would change the game right away. <laughs> that would change the game. If, if those those players decided to do something like that. Only thing is, with, with those type of things, like that's going to be something that's going to have to be um, it won't happen like the summer before they go to college. You know, they have to go somewhere where there is an infrastructure in place, where the schedule's set up for. Because they still, they still have to worry about you know their marketing and such, right? I, I don't Williams think so because those three guys were going to go to the NBA anyway. Why not just go there for the movement? You're still going to get a lot of publicity off of making that move, and in a year, which is the plan anyway, to go to the NBA. It's no different than the guy that goes to play overseas or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? You got um, Mellow Ball out there in Australia. So why not be a part of something? I'm just saying, I don't think they lose anything knowing they're going to the league in a year anyway. And they only got a few more years to do it because 
the one and done thing is about to be over. But well, like with Zion, though, I think Zion's a little different. I mean, you look at him, like RJ Barrett was rated higher than Zion going into Duke. So right. Zion was able to use that platform to make a hundred million dollars or however much he made before the draft off of the sneaker deal based on the platform that he had. So there is there's still some opportunities there. Um that can still be claimed out of HBCU. HBCU won't hold you back from that. But, um, you know, Duke is still Duke. They have their name, ESPN, and all of those type of things are going to work with it. So there's some other things besides them going to the NBA. Yes, the kids are still going to go to the NBA, but it is like it's nice to, like, be featured on ESPN so that you can get that $100 see, million. See here, Jason, it starts somewhere, right? So if that movement starts – you're going to start to see now, maybe maybe, maybe it's BET, that's just an example, that now says, okay, we're going to do a, um, we're going to do a deal with the black colleges. It's, why isn't BET showing, like, the HBCU sports? Even though, well, we know <laughs> that's why. That's a great. H- hey, that's well, they're they're used to back in the day, though. They're, they used to they're owned by Viacom now, so that's, that's really why. But no, they used to show the football games back in the day. But I think here, here's the thing, at the, at the end of the day, like, it's about paying players, man. And if the HBCUs, so you think if the boosters of those if, HBCUs if you, are showing back to what you said, <laughs> back to what you said, Tato, Tito, if like they need to defect from the NCAA, that somebody needs to partner with them, uh, 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 a TV channel, a TV, uh, get a TV deal with somebody, right? TV deal with somebody, somebody big. Like Jay Z or or Bob Johnson or or, or whoever, right, right, right. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, if you want to get the best players, basketball, football, to come to your school, you're gonna have to pay them. You're not gonna get them if uh, you're just still just off the strength, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Like I'm right. not gonna go to Hampton if I'm getting recruited by Alabama, like that's just the bottom line. It doesn't matter what you're doing differently. Right. I'm, I, I'm going to go play, especially in the foot with football. Yeah. Football is bigger. Basketball. Football, yeah. I think it can be done. I think football would be but football tougher. makes all the money. Football makes more money than basketball. It, it does. Day. I'm just saying, I, see, I can see athletes yeah. maybe starting to move towards a trend of going to an HBCU in basketball. Football is just basketball. Even with basketball, though, you would still have to pay these guys. They would have to defect from the NCAA. So they would have to partner with with large entities. Let me let me let me let me ask you, you this: What support? I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go to Delaware State over getting coached by Mike Shostakovich <laughs> in the world. Like, well, you see, you, you, know you use the bottom barrel HBCU to make a joke. No disrespect no, to Delaware I'm State. You could have said Howard. You could have said. We're talking about, hey, we're talking about all HBCUs, right? Yeah, but there's HBCU. some more prestige hey, ones. Hey, hey, listen, listen. I coached at an HBCU, all right? We're, we were a Division two. Okay, I played against NAIA HBCUs. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So there's there's a, there's a lot of different level HBCUs. Well, of course, yeah, it, it'd have to be the top ten to fifteen schools that actually have some good, you know, funding behind them, either from the state or from their their alum. It couldn't just be, you know, Fisk University or whatever it is. I mean, it'd have to be. 
the Howards, the Hamptons. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, where are the alums? Where are they? Where are they, Tito? They're at Morehouse. Where, they're at Spelman. The they're at Howard. Oh, you mean just where in general? Are they? Why don't they? Well, then why ain't they teaming up? It's very true. I agree with that. I you definitely know? agree with that. Like, I, I hear. I think it's. I think it's all talk. Even though they had that recently, they had that summit in Atlanta. And outside of Killer Mike, the rest of them are too deep in with corporations. Puff Daddy Killer is too. Mike, Killer, Killer Mike, Mike was on cold. point. Killer Mike's cold. Yeah, he's but cold. but you talking about Puffy's been trying to act like he's about the black cause lately. Puffy is too in deep with other corporations to truly <laughs> be. Jay Z is in too deep with corporations to truly be about the cause. You know what I mean? It's going to take somebody radical. Those guys can be behind the scene from a funding perspective. But Killer Mike is a little bit too, you know, a little too hype and boisterous for me. But what he has to say is a good point. I don't know if he can lead. He killed it. Yeah, he killed him. I don't know if he can lead because he's just, you know, he needs to pick and choose when to be so hyper. But what he said was great. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to pick and choose. You got to relax sometimes. But I mean, yeah, no. I think it's going to take right. some kind of radical movement like it that is. to separate from the NCAA. Like, I, I also like, though, Tito, I also like that Hampton got out of the MIAC. Did they? Um, who are they with now? They're, uh, they're in the. Uh, are they in with like Liberty and all of them now? Uh, they're in um, the Big South. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, uh, Winthrop, Campbell. Okay. Yeah, I think Liberty is in that conference too. Um, and that's that's interesting because for those that don't know, MIAC is a conference that's traditionally been 100% black schools, right? So Hampton correct. has chosen to defect correct. from that, which is interesting. Yeah. But let me let's, we could move on after this. But what what does the NCAA do for HBCUs? Do you guys know? Like, what support? What level of support do they offer outside of rules and regulations? Uh, I don't believe anything. Okay. Okay. It sounds simple to me. If that's no, the case. There's nothing. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's every school for itself out there, man. Seriously. Mm. Uh, you know, a, a lot depends on the people that, that went to school there, you know. Mm. So, but you said, what is the NCAA for? No, what what do, what do they do to support an HBCU that they oh, can't oh. do without, so to speak? You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think you know what I mean. I don't, I don't think that you know there was actually you know it's tough for HBCUs even more so for real. No, I'm sure. That's what I'm saying. Get, to, to defect they, from they the NCAA. Funds, those, guys those guys will get funds from the state and get them blocked. You know? Yeah, but, so to defect from the NCAA doesn't sound like it'd be that big of a change for them, being that there's not much support that they get today. At least that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, but real quick, do you, do you foresee but, this? this but, why, but why should they support I, I don't know. I'm just saying the fact that they're an NCAA school doesn't sound like there really comes with any support with that. 
Right. So Which if that's the case, then, to, then that, to the defect. Are you saying that's even more reason for them to just defect? Right. Right. Just defect. Right. But you right. gotta have. You gotta put a plan together and present it to. Right. The, I wonder the, how the much it costs. Oh, probably costs a ton. We can give that to the athletes. <laughs> defect, <laughs> defect, and give it to the athletes. But real quick, Jason, do you think that this type of movement, because Jamel Hill recently came out with an article talking about this, which is, again, why this is a, a hot topic. You read the book, uh, $40 Million Slave, which I still got to get to, but I believe you said he talks about a lot of this in his book. Right. Do you think it's ever something that we'll see? Um, I don't foresee, and I don't see it in the immediate future. Like I said, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, a whole movement, and it's not going to be just a, a athletic movement. It's going to be a cultural movement where everybody is buying into being black and keeping your money into that, and and understanding that we're going to this university to build this university so that this university can give back. So it's got to be mm. a complete. Um, Can't just be about athletics. I like you. You no, right. it's not right. athletics. It doesn't make sense for a child to go to a university just to help that institution. Like it's got to be so that that institution is now indebted to us and our in our community. Um, so it's got to be a big. You know, this is a, a, a the whole infrastructure has to change. And um, and, and we'll, do, go ahead. I do think it can happen. Um, I just think that a lot of things within. Uh, culture and also leadership and planning. Um, those things have to change because people have to have vision um, and understanding of how that could change um, an entire demographic. Like, I, I think it's possible. Um, I just, I, I do think it takes uh, some some real good leaders uh, with some great vision. Indeed, and I will say that the leadership, the presidents at these HBCUs, there is some corruption there. And, and a lot of that probably needs to be cleaned up. I mean, these guys have been there forever. And there's corruption there. You know it's true. <laughs> it's true. And a lot of that hey, needs look, to be dealt look, with look, as well. It, it's going to take, it's going to take, you know, partnerships. It's going to take alum from these schools if anything wants to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, it always comes down to money. And if people have the money, if you if they want to back it, then they'll back it. And I mean, it's there. It's going to take leadership but, and money. Leadership and money. Leadership is something that we've been lacking for a while yeah. now. And you know, the one well, person the, the I know, uh -huh. the leadership comes with like they know how to get the right people in the room, so they'll be able to, to organize the you know the partnerships with the alumni, with you know, because all of this, all these people got to be in that room. Right. I think we all know the people would follow Barack, but I don't think, you know, he wants to take on that task being a former president, you know, but. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, like, you know, he said, it's, it's not just about athletics. It, it can't, if that's the case, it's not going to be just about athletics. Right. Right. You know, so. Solid because points. if that's the case, then if that's the case, I mean, again, you add in all the other schools, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the, all you, you add in every school, you know, from the cultural standpoint. 
Indeed, indeed. Um, solid points. We'll see if, you know, I hope that something like this starts to take shape and then we can start to see how that empowers the community economically as well as just giving people, you know, a, a confidence about themselves and it have a trickle-down effect big time. Uh, but I did want to get into AAU. But I thought it was interesting. Both of you started at the school level and then now I've transitioned into AAU. At least, Buzz, you did it one time. Now you're at University of Nebraska. But what 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 is what are the challenges in AAU? What are the politics at AAU that you may not like? And what are the differences? Because somebody like me, I coached a true grassroots program where we didn't have no Nike deals. We didn't we weren't able to go out there and recruit. I took a bunch of kids that couldn't play at all to nationals and made them into something. Now, that's the true work of a coach. I didn't have some of the advantages that, that y'all might have. So what is all this circuit business, you know, the Nike stuff? Like is there too much involvement from the sneaker companies? Like kind of break down the difference from being at a school and then now being in the AAU world. Jason, start with you there. Well, first, let me just start. Well, I, I okay. said Jason. I'm running the show here. <laughs> Relax, nigga. Damn. <laughs> Jason, it's on you. Okay, so um, to, for with me, um, EYBL is a different experience than high school, um, and it was an adjustment that I had to make, but it's just about knowledge of understanding, you know, what we are getting ourselves into. So um, as far as the EYBL, there's no other platform like that. Um, Peach Jam provides a platform for young athletes, the elite level athletes um, to compete against each other on the best stage. We understand that. So um, you move accordingly, you prepare accordingly. Um, the, the setup is a lot different from high school, in which case you have you know, practice every day, preparation. You have the kids with you. That's a different type of thing. Um, with, with the EYBL, uh, we understand that this is elite-level athletes. It's not for everybody. Um, it's fast. It's very physical. Um, it is a business as well. Um, so I'm not sure. I wanted to hear you guys' opinions about, like, some of the negatives so that I can kind of – because I, I really – I just, I think I understand what it is, um, but I would like to hear what well, Buzz, people think the negatives are, Buzz, you and I'd like to respond to that. Buzz, you said that you thought Jason was going to lose his Nike contract. That's what you told me. What's that? <laughs> I couldn't hear you. Buzz said What's to that? me that you said Jason was going to lose his Nike contract Jason. if he kept playing in those tournaments. Jason. Yeah, he's on the phone with us, nigga. Shit. With the mask? Jason with the mask? <laughs> I'm going to edit that out because that was terrible. Jason Harrigan, <laughs> Coach Harrigan, who we're talking to, you said that he might lose his Nike contract playing in those weak-ass tournaments. That's what you said. Explain what, yourself. With what team? The team final. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You looked him up and everything. Let's not, let's not try to run away from this now. Hold on, man. First of all, let me just say, okay. <laughs> Speak out. <laughs> okay. Um. In the words of Meek Mill, it's, it's levels, but oh, are you saying that he's not playing at the right level? Is what you're saying? No, not a, a, of course not. The UIBL, 
Yeah, but you said he was playing in certain tournaments that weren't up to par. Is what, what you told me. That's what I'm asking. It must have been that Peach Jam. Like or, what? Or, I mean, Peach Jam, that's the best tournament. Or or, or, or Big Shots or something like that. We just won the Peach Jam. What you talking about? Or Big Shots. Don't it, so did you so you're saying you didn't say it. Is that what you're telling me? No, I no, I I would love for you to jog my memory real fast. What did I say? I said the seventeens? What was I talking about? Jason, what age group is your kids? Eighth grade? Yeah, so they're transitioning to ninth grade. But I think that there was some miscommunication there because um of course, you know, EYBL team, they do have to play by a certain standards. They're not gonna be at certain tournaments. They, it wouldn't make sense. You yeah, actually so he, wouldn't so have been so able. coaches. So, so Tito, he coaches the middle school. He coaches the U. He asked him. He's on the phone. He coaches the U. <laughs> I'm telling you, he coaches the U. Right. right. Hey, right. Oh, oh, you thought that, that he was at um, a higher There's level, no, like 11. At the, EY, in the EYBL, you have you have certain dates you go to. Nobody else play. You don't play outside of that unless. Except for a little, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I mean, they're all youth, but you thought no, he no, was no, at no. a high, high school, school level. High school is not like that. In so high in high school, you're saying you're not, you're not allowed to play outside of EYBL tournaments? You, you usually have those weekends taken up, correct. You play, like the EYBL is a league, so you play every weekend. You play three weekends out of, you know, the, the six that you can play in April and May. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's levels to this. Okay, so maybe there was some miscommunication. You thought right, he was played at right. a high he's, school he's, level, but he's there in eighth grade going to ninth eighth, grade, right? Yeah, so they'll play in different tournaments, yeah. Okay, all right, so we, we cleared that up. But you said also that yeah, there's levels to this. Yeah, Explain. So, we're at the, so he's at the if, – if he's at the high school level, then, yes, he's with team final. He's, he's in the high school level. That's the EYBL. Freshman um, – 15U, 16U, 17U. Okay. You know, so there's there's teams at each one of those levels. So if he's at the middle school level, it's it's different. There's not a, a set, you know what I'm saying? You you can play in these different tournaments, some by Nike, you know what I mean? But you know what I mean? So you you would like to say that you're at the elite levels, the way you said we just won the PGM. What team is this and how are you a part of it if you uh at Nebraska. Mocan Elite. That's the Mocan Elite um, out of Kansas City. That's the team I started with when I was doing high school back in uh, 2006, 2007. I started with them. Um, you familiar with this team, Jason? Yeah, yeah, very familiar. Okay. Um, yes. Trey Young, Michael Porter, Shimmy Ojale, Alex Burks, Willie Cully Stein, um, Willie Reed. We've put we've put a few, you know, a couple, you know, some are some are good, some are, you know, they're good. But Mo can elite, holla at your boy. No, I'm just kidding. Explain more. What is the difference between being at that EYBL level or being on um, maybe an Adidas circuit? Well, do you, do you, all, do you, hold on. Do you I, think I, that the breakup? All, let me say this real quick, this, Buzz. Real quick, real like, quick. Like what Jay said. <laughs> like like what Jason said. What Jason said is very true. That it's a totally different level from any of the other 
shoe sponsored leagues, um, grassroots leagues. Well, let me uh, hit the pause button. Is that an issue today? The fact that there's a Under Armour circuit, there's an Adidas circuit. Not you at got all. EYBL. Not at all. No, you need those. You need those circuits. Yeah, there's different level of. players. Yeah, you so, need all. So like the kids who are at the Nike circuit are Nike level kids. Some of those kids, but there's some really good athletes that are going to be on the Under Armour circuit. They just might. You need all of them. But but see, to me, to, to me, to me, it reminds me of how boxing. But you got to relax. To me, it reminds me of how boxing has divisions because somebody might be with Bob Arum, another person might be with Golden Boy. Like, why are we separating that? Let the best play the fucking best. Let the kids... They do play each other. The best play the best on EYBL. Listen, so, here's the thing. But if you got a team my that's bad, good on my Adidas... Bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Why not play everybody? But go ahead, Buzz. Well, the thing is, like, it gets a little deeper, Tito, because, you know... A lot of times behind the scenes, you know, the parents control like what teams they play with. You know what I mean? Um, so it it gets a little deeper than just playing at with Nike uh, circuit, un, Under Armour circuit, or Adidas circuit. You know? So what do you, you mean know, they're playing reason. for multiple teams most times? No, no, no. The, I mean, they just choose different teams. You know, kids will choose different teams for whatever reason. Maybe they want to play with their friend. Um, maybe they want to play at the highest level. Maybe they want to play against this person, you know, so um, it, it gets a little deeper than just choosing the league. But you need all of those leagues. But how sure. new how new is this, though? How new is these are these different circuits ran by the sneaker companies? I mean, I don't remember it being as prevalent as as it is today, maybe 10 years ago. Um, 10 years ago is when it really kind of started. You okay. Know? Um and then, you know, obviously, but back in the 90s, uh, Nike was the one who really started doing it. Um, right. You know, so those teams have been around for a minute and, and the Peace Jam has been around for a minute. You know, it's these teams that were handpicked back then. So now it's not, you're not handpicked, you're just with this circuit. Mm, okay. So, but Jason, you said that you kind of wanted to hear some of the negatives. Buzz, do you, what negatives have you experienced that you don't like about AAU basketball? You know, actually, I, I really don't have any negatives, Tito, honestly. I feel like, you know, summer basketball, grassroots basketball, um, it's, well, it's me so and you, Well, me and you had an argument about playing too many games. There was an article Correct. in right. ESPN right. about playing too many games, and you wanted right. to refute that. I agree. Now, maybe on the EYBL circuit, they aren't playing as many games. But I know right. for a fact, like a team that I was on that wasn't under any umbrella, playing every weekend. You're playing five to, to seven games every weekend. Right. Practicing right. two or three times a week. That's too much, right. in my opinion. And, you know, and I think we're starting to see that, how these players are breaking down in the league. I think that the two are related. I mean, I, so you I, think I, you think they're playing too many games, and as a result, their bodies can't handle it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's an article. This is not my agree. science. This I is an article. I disagree with that. I, I disagree, disagree with that. I if disagree. you would say, I thought like I, I have heard people say that they play too many games, in which case, um, winning and losing becomes like kind of irrelevant. 
So I can understand well, that. Well, yeah, that, I do agree with if that. We're playing three games a day, and we lose one, then I'm, you know. How do you get up for the What game do you get up for? You know what I mean? Like, what game right, right. do you so get up for? So I understand that aspect, maybe, even though um, I really I really don't see it that way. But as far as their bodies breaking down, like, these kids are elite athletes. Um, they're going to either work you out and train anyway. You don't think that has a wear and tear on someone's body? No. Come no, on. Come on. Come on. Y'all are tripping. Are you saying no, no, oh, hey, listen, Tito. I mean, I when I played it, it, it had no wear and tear. Everybody that I asked that played, even my OGs, guys younger than me that, that I coach, like they they say no. It's just I, I just don't. Are think they doctors? I mean, how do they? How can they? How can they make an assessment just because it didn't happen to them? That's a small sample size. Well, the alternative no, would be no, Tito. The the peop, the guy, the kids that you're talking about is a small sample. This, That's a very small. A this very, was a, very, again, very again, small again. Sample. This isn't my science. This was an article recently written on ESPN.com. I'm disagreeing right. with it. I mean, the alternative would be that the kids don't play in these tournaments and then they spend the whole day at the park playing anyway. So exactly I mean, back in the day, the kids weren't playing AAU. They were playing at the courts all day long on a cement. And kids weren't breaking down in, so that sounds like kind of a little bit of hate. I think that the, the biggest thing about the, the, the shoe circuits is the people who get excluded kind of feel a little bitter. So if you are not, because if you're not in that circuit, um, you know, it's a lot harder uh, for to, to recruit a kid for a sneaker team. Obviously, you have an advantage from finances to exposure and all of those type of things. I think the people outside of that circle sometimes come off as bitter, but I don't think that they should be because I think that beyond the sneaker companies, the local teams, you know, there's a niche for them too. Um, there's some great basketball plays there as well. I, there's some 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 uh, teams around our area, around the Philadelphia area, that have produced uh, Division One and even NBA players. So there's an opportunity there, but the sneaker companies obviously have an advantage. So people feel bitter that they kind of use their advantage, which they should. They have to use their resources. They have to use their relationships. Um, but as far as, like, the wear and tear, that sounds absurd. Um, the winning and losing. I think the level, of the, of the level of competition on the hard top at the courts is totally different than the level of competition at AAU. So you're going to exert sure. more. And, and there's going to be more wear and tear, no, in my stop opinion. It. Stop it's it. the truth. got to relax. It's Some truth. people like to compete, no matter where they're at. They're I compete. saw every so. year when I was coaching, we started out Tito, phenomenal. Hey, Don't cut me okay, off. Here's... We started out phenomenal. Okay. And okay. then every year towards the end of the summer, we were losing to teams we shouldn't have been losing to. The kids were burned out. And I'm sure it had an effect on their body as a whole. I witnessed it firsthand. You can't play every weekend. And then, as Jason said, how do you know what game to get up for anymore? Wins and losses, it's like, all right, we're just out here now. Well, I think that you should get up for every think, game and you compete at all times. You know, that's, so not, that's, not, time. that's not realistic. But You're not going to get up for every game. Tito, here's the thing. Hey, also, I mean, these guys, uh, you say every weekend, but even when I played it, I mean, it wasn't. I live in a different area. There's there's a tournament every weekend out here, dog. And I get every that, weekend. But like, I get that. But now it's definitely it's not like that. 
Like, for, I just stopped June, coaching three years ago, nigga. It changed in three years. No, <laughs> I'm just you. You had a different experience. Clearly, you were on the high school Nike tournament. They have a schedule that's probably not every weekend, right? Or is it every weekend? No, it's not every weekend. Exactly. Yeah, that's gonna be that's different. As Jason, you were playing every weekend, right? As no, a, we didn't play every weekend, but I still don't think. But I don't think that every weekend is going to be too much wear and tear. Right, Tito. Yeah, you you wasn't playing every weekend, Tito. Not not competitively. I might have been at the courts, as Jason mentioned, but it's a that's just a different you type act like of competition. Kids, you act like when these kids play these quarters, they're playing twenty four minutes a game. Well, if you're these the best, kids. if you're the best player on the team, at least on my team, you out there the whole game. <laughs> we needed Here, you. At the end of the day, hey, <laughs> okay, I get that. I get we that, needed you. At the end of the day, Tito, if that kid's playing every minute and he's still good when he gets to the next to high school. He's going to be found. He's going to find it. Like a, a school's going to find them. There's no question. If you're good, you're good. That's the bottom line. I mean, you see like, some of my, I sent y'all the clip of my young boy and, and Buzz was gracious enough to talk to him, try to get him to go to St. John's high school. Didn't choose to, but we're going to still figure out some other routes for him. So that kid so couldn't dribble. That kid could not own. dribble when he came to me. I do it for real. You guys get all the help. Right. You guys get the help. <laughs> <and shit. laughs> I, I do it for real. <laughs> no, nah, but when I when I was in school, when I was in high school, even um, if I wasn't playing on a school team or a rec league team or AAU team, um, I was going to workouts in Philly or going to workouts in Boris. Right. Or somebody right. had a random tournament. They called me up. Yo, Jason, we want you to play. I was playing every That's day. That's different like from day. running hard up and down the court all day, every no. day. Damn me. I was running hard up and down the court. All doing day, a workout is different. Doing Cheeto, a workout like is different. I did this. I, just, I agree that it's too many games, man. We wasn't it's playing not, that many man. fucking games. Not only, or I, I might have played every weekend, but I may, I may play two or three hey, games. I wasn't playing honestly, two or three Cheeto, games in honestly, one day. Cheeto, Cheeto, honestly, like, like, I did it too. Here's the thing. I did it too, man. With kids. That yeah, nigga, and your fucking feet are all fucked up by the time I met you. <laughs> so, <laughs> shit. You could barely walk by the time I met your ass. So shit, that's a valid point one for me, nigga. Shit. First of all, I was talking about. I was talking about. The, the kids that I coached. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know for a fact, once you got the hip, then you were done. Damn, damn, All right, so you guys don't think I'm, it's a big deal. I do. I'm talk, yeah, I'm talking from an experience of coaching. Listen, I just talked to a young kid that I coached since he was in fifth grade, man. Okay. The kid never had no ACL tear. He went to the army. I mean, the kid's good, man. Like, and I coached this dude. I kept up with him, bro. He's fine. And we used to play all the time. All right. Shout out to Graham Nody. All right. I, I, again, man, I, I should have probably read that article again before this because I'm sure there's some statistics that they did in this ESPN article. We can't just take onesie twosie examples and think that that is for everybody but you're taking a very small sample though tito 
there was a whole article written about it. I just didn't do my damn homework for this conversation. Well, I wish I had. Oh, boy, you got to do your homework. <laughs> that ain't going to fly. It ain't no wear and tear. It right. is a wear and tear. Y'all go back and read the damn article. You'll see. You sent the, you sent the article. I read it. You didn't read just, it, nigga, because you know, this nigga, Jason, five seconds later, he's responding to me. The article was long as fuck. I'm like, nigga, you didn't read that shit in five fucking seconds. Right, well, you didn't, you didn't send it to me. You didn't send it to I me. I thought I did send it no. to you. No, no, no. Because no. I, I would have told you it was some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all are coaching currently at a higher level than me. I, I think y'all might be too close to it to disagree. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all might be too close to it to disagree. But we're going to move on. To the sucker or OG segment. Do 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 do. All yeah, right. <laughs> First one yeah, here. Girl, we got two from the Ball family. Lonzo Ball a few weeks ago stated that the Triple B sneakers would explode every quarter he had them on. So he had at least four pairs in the locker room to switch out once he knew the shoe was going to fall apart. Still trying to promote the sneaker and sell it for four to $500. Is Lonzo Ball a sucker or an OG for that move with the Triple B sneakers? He didn't tell anybody till now. Is that a sucker move? Was an OG move to try to make, make that I think money? saying that was a sucker move. Like, why would you just... I don't know why he would just kick his pops and his family brand back in like that. Because he doesn't he doesn't want to be a part of it no more. That's one reason. Right, I get that. I get that. But now you won't be I mean, my thing is I get it, like maybe your father made some mistakes in that avenue, like in that area. I get it. Um and you want to remove yourself, but don't kick his back in. You don't know what kind of opportunities there were, I, I think that there were some opportunities for them to do some things, probably not sneakers, but they could have done some things. So him kicking his pop, his pops back in and kicking the brands back in. Yeah, I think more so the like, brand because he owns fifty one percent of that company. So why would you? That's something he probably should have kept to himself. Nobody needed right, to right. know. I that. just thought I thought that was a sucker move. Like, why would you do that? So Buzz? I think that was a sucker move. Yeah, definitely sucker moves. You think it was a sucker move like, to, to to discuss how those sneakers were not yeah. game ready and were falling apart? Yo, you could have kept everything in the quiet. You could have rebranded. He he got beef. He has beef with Pop right now. Yeah, we're gonna get so to that one. That's next. So save save that for the next one. But on the sneakers, okay. is that yeah, a sucker? Just, OG? just keep. He should just keep everything quiet right now. I agree. I think he's trying to come out of his shell and become his own man. And all he the is. things he, he wanted is. to say, he's saying it, but he needs right. to relax just maybe a little bit. Because right, the right. brand still has potential if Melo right. is going to exactly. be good. Exactly. Right, until you kick the brand's back in and say it was just garbage. Now it's exactly. like, yeah. how are we supposed to fuck with y'all at all? Right. Exactly. Because if Melo comes that out was, there and he's terrible. dope, and, and he could have maybe had too. a whole nother run at it. Right. And the thing was, he had a perfect out. The 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 Whoever the, the Allen that Allen dad, yeah. yeah yeah whoever the dad was or had him do he had a perfect out why the business wasn't good so right you right. get rid of him and then you could rebrand yeah. right 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 perfect yeah. opportunity to rebrand That's true. And, and they could even switch it and say you know what 
sneakers were too much or they, they didn't work. So right, like, let's right. do flip flops and t-shirts and shorts and headbands or whatever. Because this guy messed it up. Right. So we're going to make it the right way this time. We're gonna right. right and then once, right. if, if Mellow pops, then you can reintroduce the sneaker. Right. But now he just line. turned his back on all of that. That was some clown shit by him. I, yeah. I but agree. But it's like you said, though, it's because I think, I, I get it, though, because he is trying, trying to, to get emancipate out of his himself. dad's shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he doesn't yeah, know how tough. to do it. He's a little yeah. fearful of his dad. He's a little scared of his dad. You can tell, right? So, right. He's still scared of him. Right, right, right. Which is unfortunate, but I get it. Right. Well, but still a sucker move. We're all stamping that a sucker move, but that's a good segue into the next one. I said I had two on the ball family. Did y'all recently catch the clip of, I guess, a season five premiere of mm-hmm. their reality show? And mm-hmm. they had the debate mm-hmm. around the sneaker. And this one is for LeVar. Is LeVar a sucker, an OG, for the way he came at? I mean, I know that's his father, he's, but he's his own man now. You know, you cannot certain, say. You cannot let me, say. Hold on, let me finish it out. This is your first time on the show. You've got to let me finish it out, all right? We'll, we'll get to your part. One, <laughs> second. <laughs> One second. Oh. <laughs> is LeVar <laughs> Saka OG for saying that, you know, maybe I should change your name because you've been damaged goods for the past two years. Was that a sucker move or an OG move? I mean, talking about your son in the public like that, is that maybe a way to inspire him? I don't know. Sucker OG. Straight. Straight sucker. Straight sucker move by LeVar? You Mm. cannot say your son is damaged good. Come on, man. (laughs) I mean, maybe to motivate him. Maybe it motivates him. Motivate him? Shit, the kid been injury prone since he got in the league. But do you all? That's a good point. Do you relate him wearing those nut ass shoes to his ankle issues at all? What do you think, Tito? <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know how long he kept wearing bro, those. When he but... said that, to, hey, when he said that, I said, "Oh shit, this is why they motherfucking fucked up." That's when Lonzo should have said, well, maybe I would be damn as good as I wear them nut-ass sneakers, nigga. That's what Fuck he should have said. That's what he should have said. That's what he said. I was waiting for that response, too. Because like, right, now the gloves was off. The gloves was off. Right. 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 But I don't think it was a sucker move, though. I feel like I feel like LeVar was a little bit hurt at the time. You know, he's like, damn, you were changing me. And it, and it, I don't really think it's a sucker move by saying, like, yo, what if I said you was damaged? Because the kid wasn't terrible. He was saying, like, yo, you should be better. Kid was averaging, like, 14 and 7 or something like that. He was actually, people like to relate the Lakers' success to LeBron's health. But if you look at the record when Lonzo was there, little things that he's able to do does make a big impact. And their record was very good when he was healthy. He's not I'm just saying. He's not that bad. He just was overhyped due to his father and Magic's nut ass. <laughs> but but so I, I think it's an OG move because I feel like, yo, you got to keep it real with your kids above all else. So if that hurts him and that hurts Lonzo's feelings that much and you trying to get him to be like a perennial all-star, then he got to hear that shit. Like, yo, what, you talking about... Yeah, it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing that I was promoting even though he owns 51% of the company, Lonzo, I'm promoting your sneaker, nigga, and that shit fucked me up. 
So you can't right. say that, and most likely those sneakers had something to do with his injuries. Right. Shouldn't have been in them shits. Well, well, no, I do think that Lonzo should have said that back to him. Like, yo, these bum-ass sneakers you got me in. <laughs> but, right. but, but I'm not mad at it. I mean, I feel like most of the parents that I've seen, and they're around, they're, they're athletes, their kids are athletes, they are the, the toughest on them. They, and they push them the hardest, and they say things that I probably wouldn't even say to them. So mm. they, they're pretty tough on them most times. So I, I get that part. And if that's the toughest thing that he's heard, that you was damaged good oh, last we year, know, we know that ain't, over. we know that ain't the toughest. That nigga looks frightened. Like, as much <laughs> as he was trying to stick up for himself, you could still, he wasn't scared and shit. That nigga was frightened of his father. Yeah, yeah, he looked like <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the fuck has he done to y'all niggas and shit? But it's like the other two eight don't seem that frightened. Yeah, I mean, Lonzo being the oldest, maybe he got it the worst. This is very possible. But the other two seem pretty happy-go-lucky. I don't know. I think the others played in a different – so when they were playing on the same team and dad was coaching and all that, they were playing up. And Lonzo was probably playing around age, and those kids were playing up, so their expectations weren't the same. Lonzo had to carry a lot of the load. Lonzo actually had to go to UCLA. Be successful. Right. Had to win those state championships. And he had to spearhead like, the spearhead. All family. Of that shit was on him. Right. He had to actually do it. They didn't really have to do shit. Hey, that's why they haven't really done anything. They mm. really haven't had any pressure. So, like, Lonzo uh, actually had to do it. I wouldn't say Melo hasn't done anything. I wouldn't say he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't really had the chance. I would say he's at the level he's played at. He's excelled. Melo, the middle one, or the youngest one. That's Jello. <laughs> Mello's the youngest. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> the name is Phil. Right, right. <laughs> right. Well, Mello hasn't had an opportunity to do anything. So yeah, he, but, but what we've seen, he's excelled at the level he's played at. Interested to see what they do in Australia. Oh yeah, he's, he's playing, playing in Australia. He's playing. He's playing in Australia. That's a good league. From here, they got that other kid, Hampton, going there. I mean, right, again, these are right. to to our earlier point. These are. Somewhat radical moves that these young players are, are they're doing that because there's money there, right? To right. our point earlier, they're getting a million dollars. I think Melo might be getting two million dollars to go play in these in these leagues. No different than what the HBCUs could offer up by defecting, but they just got to have the right financial backing. But they can't offer up a million, can they, for a player? Nigga, Robert Smith just paid for everybody's tuition at Morehouse. I think I think he could offer up a, a, a few million dollars at certain schools. I'm just saying. But um, so we're stamping that. Um, I'm gonna stamp that. Um, for Lavar, Lavar's Lavar's done a lot no. of sucker shit. Yeah, that's some sucker shit. I would shit say right it's there. an OG move too, and it was up to Melo. It was up to uh, to Lonzo to come back and say something about the sneakers, and he didn't. So For sure, I agree. I'm gonna say agree. it's an OG move too. Push that kid, man. Let him know, like, don't disrespect the family name. I started this. Don't, disrespect don't start talking me. crazy. They don't. Hold on, he started no it. Well, he started it. Really? Who? Who? He started it. Who started it? Who are you talking? Oh, yeah. about? it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Lonzo. Lonzo owns fifty-one percent. Yeah, he and he owns fifty-one percent of the company. So it's it. He started and it's his company. So he should be able to do whatever the fuck he wants with his company. You can't I, say your sons. You cannot say your son is damaged goods, man. It, that's probably how he talks to them to motivate them. I'm not really mad at I, that. I heard worse. 
I've heard worse. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Me too. And oh. I'm sure you have too. Being involved I mean, with parents and on that circuit. I mean, you can't say that shit, man. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I do have a I do have a problem with I always thought the triple B name was whack, but to rebrand it now doesn't make sense. You might as well just try to continue to reshape it and, and, and build equity in it. I think it makes no sense to try to rebrand it at this point. Um, and Lavar is just, he's got to take a back seat. Lonzo's going to have to do more than, you know, five word comebacks when he's trying to defend himself. He's going to have to do something a little bit more. But No, he's going to have to play well this year. To oh, yeah. Him. And I honestly That's think he will. I think the best thing that could happen to him is to get away. He's right there still with Lavar and right there in the backyard. I think this is going to be good for him. Hope so. But next one. <laughs> this one is actually pretty funny. John Sally recently told a story about what's the wildest thing you remember from playing with Dennis Rodman. He told a story <laughs> about Dennis Rodman used to keep a transgender woman in his crew that people thought was his girl. Said so she looked like Marilyn Monroe. Apparently, Dennis didn't deal with her. But Dennis would keep her around to see what guys he thought were his friends would try to holler at her because people just had a perception that this was actually Dennis's girl. And he got a kick out of guys hollering at her then ultimately sleeping with her. And the joke was on them. <laughs> Is Dennis Rodman a sucker or an OG for that <laughs> Jason, what you got? It's a complete sucker move. Like what? He bringing the. He got. He just keeps. One of the, he just keeps one in the chamber. For one this. of the keys is just floating around at all times. But think about this: if you say you my man. And then you tried to holler at my chick, nigga. Right, this, this, right. I mean, it's kind of an OG move. I mean, I don't know. Right. It's fucked up. I'm not saying that it's right, but it doesn't. Everything that's OG don't mean that it's right. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Why are you keeping a tranny on deck just for shits and giggles? Like what? That's that's that is Dennis for you. So you're saying that's a sucker move. Complete sucker move. That's some weirdo shit. You're going OG move. You going OG buzz? That's an OG move. I ain't seen you one. <laughs> I mean, Where I'm, did you see that? Where did you see that? I'll send you the clip. It's a that's a clip of John Sally talking about it. Yo, so I'll send you that. So I've been, but I've been watching the John Sally interviews like these last few days. I feel like half of the shit he's been saying he's been lying about. Like, you can't make that he, shit up though, right? Yo, know, he's he's up there making up random stories. He said he said I just saw some shit today. He was talking about Shaq never. I mean, Kobe never snitched on Shaq, and Shaq has never cast an NBA check to this day. He said Shaq has never. Yeah, cast an NBA I check caught some of that stuff where even when he said that. Um, Vlad was like, well, Shaq blames Kobe for getting him traded. And then John Sally tried to refute that. And then Vlad's like, well, he says it in a rhyme that he, he's dissed Kobe and says it in a rhyme that he blames Kobe. So then John Sally kind of looks stupid. So I, some of that stuff, 
I get what you're saying, but you can't make up no yeah, shit like lying. that. You think he made mm-hmm. that shit up about the training? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't. That is some wild shit. Like who who keeps a tranny on deck for shits and giggles to see who's going to try to smash? I mean, I, honestly, it would be Dennis Robin if anybody did that. It gotta be Dennis. He'd be the only one. <laughs> he gotta take her shot. Did y'all watch the thirty for thirty? Yeah, yeah. It was okay. Yeah, I thought it'd be a little bit better. Great thirty for thirty. Great I thought I, it said that he was truthful in the fact that he still has no relationship with his kids, and it seems right. like he had plenty of opportunities to be involved. Has plenty of opportunities. Yeah. So that's sad. That there's yeah, still seemingly no connection. His, his son actually but, is hey, at what? His, Washington? His University of Washington? Man. Hey, Tito, his childhood was messed up, man. Dennis Robin has the yeah, yeah. has the illest story of all time. The nigga didn't start playing until oh 25, 26. Unbelievable. Still made it to the league. I think he was, was like in the 21, Hall of 22, fame. but yeah, that's crazy. Well, he didn't get to the NBA until he was 25, 26. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. right, right. And still made it to the, the NBA Hall of Fame. It was a it's crazy story. Unbelievable. 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 And then all the stardom he had around just the antics. I mean, shouts yes. to Dennis for sure. <laughs> that is a sucker move. I can't I can't stamp that OG is funny as hell, but that is some sucker shit. If it's true. If Are you it's gonna true. try and holler at this girl. <laughs> I mean you try and holler at this girl, like, hey yo, Dennis got a bad mom, man. I might holler at her. I the only OG part about it is if you trying to catch your friends that would try to snake you. Exactly. But I'm exactly. sure, I, I don't that's a, know. That's all he was trying to do. That's what he said, right? <laughs> I guess. Some messed up shit. And boy, hey, his boy, his boys that he thought he was his boys was some messed up boy. <laughs> okay, so if he takes this girl to a party, right? They're at a party. He's brought the tranny in there. Now somebody else tries to holler at her. That's not right, exactly, thing. exactly. Should they beat him the fuck up and say, like, right, no, why right, are you right. That's why. Yeah. In not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> For uh, gotta be a little PC on on the airwaves here. Uh, shit. I guess. To each their own. All right, so last one here. Kind of been a repeat offender of the sucker OG segment. I don't think he's ever been stamped OG. Mr. Kevin Durant came out again talking more about the Golden State Warriors. Said he just was so different from the other guys and he was tired of so much motion in their offense. Now, he knew how they played before he got there because they beat your ass when you up three to one with that motion offense. So are you blaming the motion offense on your Achilles tear? That's real basketball there, Kevin. You want to just sit at the elbow like like Melo, I guess. But is it is it is it suck a move that he's continuously now trying to talk so negatively about Golden State yet again this week? Magic came out saying that he just wants Kevin Durant to be happy, and he had to clap back at at Magic like nigga. He's just saying you. He's hoping you get happy and shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you you don't seem happy to anybody. Newsflash: sucker OG move for Kevin Durant talking about Golden State. In the offense, is is enough enough? Just move on. It's a, it's a sucker move. His his reason for going there was that he liked the way that they played basketball. <laughs> right. He said he liked the way that they right. played. So I'm not sure how you. That's just a sucker move. He's a weirdo. 
Big that's time. all I got on him. Yeah, we don't have to dwell too much on Kevin. We talk about him every week, damn near. <laughs> Buzz sucker OG on Mr. Durant. <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> what, you, what you mean? That's <laughs> 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 not allowed in the sucker uh, OG segment. Yo, KD helped out Mo Can. Think, uh, who cares? We talking about this particular instance. We ain't saying what uh, what he is as a person in, in, overall. Is this a sucker? He's OG trying to protect move? his political connects. No. Hey man, KD helped Mo Can out. He's been helping them out for a long time. We love KD. That's fine, but is he a sucker OG for continuously to harp on the Golden State stuff? You could just call us. You could just say it's OG if you want to, you know, continue to rub him out. Shit. Katie's a great, Katie's a great guy. <laughs> Tito, I love you. Katie's a great guy. Wow. This is this that's disappointing, man. We this is the first. This is the first of Sucker OG. Is loyalty overrated? Is loyalty overrated? Yeah. Oh, shit. Not today. <laughs> Alpo is walking around like it's 1988 and Takashi's telling on everybody. So, <laughs> clearly nobody cares about loyalty anymore. <laughs> Alpo's taking pictures in the dead of Harlem. Everybody talking about, he can't come to the hood no more. He's doing it. Ain't nobody doing shit to him and shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> We're going to move on to this last little segment here, and then we're going to wrap it up. So me and Jason were talking about this the other day. Antonio Brown is what he is. He's a nut. All kinds of clown shit. He's crazy. crazy. But it all started with him demanding a trade. We saw Kyrie Irving demand a trade. We saw Jalen Ramsey just this past week demand a trade. We're seeing it. More and more where the players are demanding a trade and the organization is adhering to it. They're appeasing the athlete, allowing them to now, okay, you don't want to be here anymore? Let's see what we can get for you and we'll move you. In my opinion, it has a trickle-down effect to the youth level. No different than when your king, LeBron James, wanted to buddy up with his boys because he was scared to lose. What do y'all think? I think that it has a trickle-down effect. So now if a kid loses a game or two or he didn't get the playing time that he thought he was supposed to get, he's ready to jump ship and go to another team. I think it has a really bad effect on our youth. Seeing this when something's not going your way, all right, I'm leaving. Pretty much you're quitting. I think it has an effect. What do y'all think? I think it has effect for sure. I, I mean, but at the end of the day, kids want to win. Well, if you're supposed to be one of the better players on that team or you're good, why isn't it saying, all right, let me work harder? What do I need to do to get my teammates better and, 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 and be more competitive collectively as a group and build something? I don't, I, don't like, I don't like the fact that a guy can just say, I'm unhappy, trade me. And we're seeing it happen. All right, nigga, you don't like it? Well, what can you do to change it? What can you do better? 
What conversations can you have as a man? How can you help your team collectively working together in the offseason? Whatever the case may be. But after two weeks, this Jalen Ramsey guy, they lose two games and he, he now he's demanding out? That can't, that can't become a thing, man. That cannot become a thing. I mean, I think that the, it, well, we, we start talking about professional sports is completely different than youth sports. So professional sports, I do think that they should have the power to control their own situation. So there's a lot of different things that go into play, um, not just about what can you do in the offseason, but what is what is management doing to make sure that we have a, a formidable team out here? Are they doing everything they're supposed to do? If not, get me the fuck out of here because I don't want to be – like, that's why Miami – you heard the players in Miami for the Dolphins. After the first game, they were like, yo, get me out of here. Yeah, but there's training. a way to go about everything. Why wouldn't you wait till the offseason at least? I don't even necessarily agree with that. You signed a contract with that team. Why not wait until the offseason at least to start having those conversations? Well, because because now now you've, you've shown that you've given up. Jalen Ramsey's talking no, about no, this no. shit in week two. Like, <laughs> come on. No, but when I signed that contract, I say a year and a half ago when I signed that contract, um, I didn't know that you were going to trade every single asset that we had on the team just so that you could get, like, just tank completely so we get the first-round pick. My career might only have three more years on it. I can't be on an 0-16 team because you got some long-term vision and you decided to trade every single asset. Well, then deal with that three or four months later, after the season. They just traded people a week before the season. They traded, they traded like they top. That's the name of the game. Why are we so? Why are we spoiling these athletes? If I got a problem with my job, I can't just say, "Hey, trade me to HP. Tell HP that I want to come over there and and fuck y'all niggas." I got to deal no, with you it. You can leave. Your I've job. got to deal no, no, with. No, you don't. Yeah, but but I've got to deal with it until it's time for me to make my move. And there's no seasons. There's no seasons in the real world, so I've still got to deal with it until, for a certain amount of time until it's time for me to get out and make my move. These players can wait three or four months, and then now that's your time to deal with it. But that's one Why thing. Would they wait that's three one or thing months? because the season's over at that point. The season's over. You trade every fucking player that we had. No, the season just started. At that point, the season just started. Then you deal with that at the appropriate time. But the the real part of the question is, does it have a trickle-down effect, subconsciously maybe, on these kids when something's not working out because they do watch these athletes and whether they like it or not, they're being looked at, observed, and seen as role models. Does it have a trickle-down effect to the youth area? Because I know when I was coaching, everybody wanted to now, and this AAU culture, they brought the AAU culture to the NBA. And now that these guys have this platform, it trickled back down to the buddy system. But also now, if something's not working out, they want to they get out of, out of town. They I mean, want to bolt to another team. I think that, that that's a bad... That's a, I don't think it trickles down. I don't think it trickles down at all. I think at the end of the day, when I, when I played at least, I wanted to play with my boys. Like, And I did get... I wanted to beat my at a friends. Very young, at a very young, at, a, at, at fourth, fifth grade, um, I did switch teams. You know what I'm saying? And then I had another group of friends that that I bonded with, and I wanted to play with those guys. But at the end of the day, like when you get to high school, 
you still split your ways. Like, I don't think it trickles down at all. Like, I think even back then, you still got chosen. Um, and, you know, whether regardless if it's got to the high school level, guys still want to play with their friends. If you're able to play with your friends at the high school level because that guy is as good as you and you guys are both good or on the same level of playing, then you're going to want to play with them. So, but that's 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 the LeBron system. I'm talking more so when no, something's not. No, no, I'm talking more so no, about when something's no. not working out. This these are two different scenarios. LeBron is the buddy system. This trickle down effect is when Kyrie demands a trade and says he wants out after being in an NBA championship. Instead of trying to work that out, and you see you see what's happened to all these guys that de- demanded trades. Look at AB's dumbass. Look what happened to Kyrie when he went to. Um, to Boston. Even KD, he didn't demand a trade, but he thought he was leaving a certain situation to go to Golden State, and that has had a negative effect not only on him, him as a player, but clearly on him in his personal life. Like, this has affected him. have a negative effect on him as a player. He won two championships. Nobody respects those championships, man. You know that. He gets zero <laughs> respect for those championships. Wow. So it's had, a, it's had a negative effect on how people view him and his legacy right now. Wow. Even Kobe was just on an interview with um one of those podcasts talking about how he knew for a fact he would not get any respect if he only had those championships with Shaq. He knew it. KD knows it. I, did. I saw that. That it was a mistake for him to go to Golden State. But then he tried to continuously defend it, and it's had just a negative effect. But, again, all of these people who've demanded out, it seemingly hasn't worked out for them, except for Kawhi. He went and got him a championship, but he didn't want to right. stay there either. So right. now he's he where he wants win. to be. But we see more times than not when these guys are unhappy, it's probably more to it than just what's going on within that sport. What is that? I think there's a lot to it. So, like, ever since I started coaching high school basketball in Philadelphia, there's been a bunch of kids transferring around the city and such. Now if you look at the uh, NCAA college men's basketball, the transfer uh, portal is, like – Probably like a thousand kids in the transfer portal. It was crazy. Wow. So, um, but but that but the thing about it is, like, what are the kids supposed to do? Like, co- uh, coaches can switch teams um, all the time. Um, they can bring in more players. Should the kids just accept anything just for the sake of being on the team, or should they try to create the best situation for themselves? So, but these kids think they are, and they're seemingly going to other situations that still aren't working out. That kid that was on that QB1, he started at Ohio State, now he's at Miami. He's still not the quarterback there. The kid Justin Fields, who was at Georgia, who now is at, what is he at, Oklahoma or something like that? It's, I mean, it's, it's, these guys act like they need, need immediate. Okay, well, what, what, about the kid, what about the kid who played for Alabama, started quarterback for them, then the kid Tua came in, took his spot, yeah. and now yeah. the kid – Ooh, he left Alabama, yeah. he started for Oklahoma, yeah. and he's leading the Heisman. Right. Research. No, that's a perfect example. He was there for three or four years. He could see that, all right, this is what's happening to me. I didn't put in my time here. Now I can either stop playing football or I can actually take one more year eligibility and finish out my dream. That's totally different than a guy being somewhere for one year, like this Justin Fields kid and the kid that was at Ohio State, the little white boy, he's probably a safety and not a quarterback. He just can't realize it. 
one year and you say you're out. You go to the next spot and it's still not working for there's you. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Tito. There's nothing wrong. Again, with but time like, and time again, like, we're seeing if kids. You feel like listen. If you feel like you don't fit, then you can transfer. Right. There's nothing. You can, but what we're seeing is it's still not working. Why not stay and see if you can make it work for you? If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. The bottom line. Like, we don't know. But but maybe it could have worked. This is what I'm saying. If you would have just stuck it out and continue to build something that you started, maybe that that could have worked. Maybe that wouldn't have worked either, though. And then, yeah, then and again, the it day. goes back to my point. Then there's a, probably a deeper issue than just with, you with being unhappy kid. at that probably particular place. Right, right. And with KD. look yourself in the mirror. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But again, right. it has a trickle-down effect to kids. If that's, a, they if don't that's see, how deep you want to get, then it's going to take uh, you know, programs having sports psychologists. Oh, absolutely. Uh, where these kids can absolutely. have therapy. They you should. Know, do do they not? Therapy. You telling me no. they don't? There are most definitely. Okay, um, I but, would hope so. Not, it should be mandatory. Would you say it's it, not mandatory? It, right, right. It should it's be mandatory. mandatory. Absolutely, right. should be mandatory. Right, right. Absolutely, should be mandatory. I'm shocked most that definitely. it's not. No, but I, I think I think that like young people having opportunities um, to not just be stuck in a situation all the time if they can change their their situation um they should still be allowed to have that the same way the coaches and everybody else has opportunity to change their situation i think the the players whether it's nfl or college or even younger than that they always get a bad rap for the, the whole team thing you should stick it out like the miami dolphin thing is like a perfect example they quit already. They quit before but we Jason, won. in two or three and years, these people to, in two or three years, that team could be a Super Bowl contender. And you could have right, you could be have been a part of, of that. In two or three. No, I could be out of the league in three years. But that means you weren't that good I, I, anyway. I'm trying to make another contract. So, like, if, if I only have a few years and I need a new contract. <laughs> that means you weren't that good anyway if you were out of the league in two or three years. I'm just saying. Yo, I can't hear you. I said that means you probably weren't that good if you out the league in two or three years anyway. That's fine, but if I got my two or three years to make my money, I gotta make it. I so I mean, if you're a running back in the league, you know you're only gonna get. You guys are too close to the situation. I'm convinced it has a trickle down <laughs> effect on the kids, man. Oh, and we're going to continue does. to see it. it does. The kids it not does. sticking things through. They're already it spoiled. It doesn't. Already spoiled. Here's and it's getting thing. worse. Tito, here's the thing. Back in the day, when we were coming up, 80s, 90s, these got the players didn't have any power. No, players, no, no, no. Now that the players have power, that's why everybody's you're, you're right. You're right. Power, but there's certain right. but you can't abuse that right. power. And you have to be smart right. in how you go about exactly. realizing that power. And I don't think that they're they're necessarily doing that. I don't I, I don't I think, think they're they necessarily are. doing that. Because at the end of the day, you know, every owner of an NBA, NFL, whatever team, MLS, at, at the end of the day, they don't care about the players. They care about making the bottom line. Let me ask you, if Kyrie had to do it all over again, you think he would have asked for that trade when he was in Cleveland? Yeah, most definitely. You think he still would ask for it even knowing what I, he was going to get into? Knowing what he was getting into. You I think, think he, he still, still would have did it? it. 
Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I think they both still would have done it. You think, think he still would have done it after all of this that he's now? It's changed. It's changed him as a human being. You think he still would have done it? Most definitely. Wow. People have to grow. People still grow. I don't think that's know? growth. I don't, I don't think either one of them experienced growth. You have to understand. Listen, LOX, man, you're living off experience. I don't think either one of them grew. They may have learned some things, but as, as yeah, exactly. I don't think that you they grew. You have that's to growth. That's growth. That's, that's, that's growth by learning. <sighs> but I, I think that they both would have did it because Kyrie, you know, it's the same thing with Kobe. It was like, yo, I got, I want to be in this light. And in order for me to do that, I got to get up out of LeBron's shadow. He, he didn't want to play. I don't think he really liked playing with LeBron anyway. LeBron had the ball too much. Kyrie obviously wants the ball in his hand. I think he would have did that in a heartbeat. He he wants to dominate the basketball. That that makes sense for him. I, I, you I, think I get KD that. as well? You think he would have asked for that trade? When did KD ask for a trade? I'm not that the trade. You think he would have signed with Golden State as free agent? Um, he may not have only because maybe now he sees what everybody saw before. Like, you know that you're like Big Ryan, right? You know, he, <laughs> he, he didn't know for some reason. No, he, he, he just, knew. He knew. Apparently he called his agent right after he signed and said, why did you let me do this? He's just a weirdo altogether. What source did you get that from? It's true, Buzz. I'm not here with my sources. I got inside sources. sources Relax. You have it's the truth. Source. I got sources, nigga. Yeah. It, it, it happened. You ask him yourself. You know him and shit. You love him so much. You should ask him what happened. He was in China. He was in China when the deal happened. And was reaching back out to his agent once he saw all the negative feedback on social media, and said, "Why did you let me do this? Suck a suck a move." Uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up. Appreciate y'all joining me, but real quick, what's the number one thing, Buzz? You would say that parents should know in getting involved in AAU, and then Jason, they ask you the same question. I would say just let your kids play. Like, don't try to influence. Don't push. Just let your kids play. If if, if your son or daughter is good, they're gonna be good. You'll know. Don't push it. Just let it. Just let it happen. That's that's the one thing I can say about youth sports. You know, and let them choose. Let them decide. Okay. Okay, Jason. Yeah, I probably I probably piggyback off of that and just like you know, a parent. There's a role for everybody. The parent has a role. Just be a star in your role and be the best parent that you can be with support and also like helping them figure out things as far as you know how they're going to get places and who's going to coach them and stuff like that. Yes, but don't be their coach. Um, don't be their agent. Don't don't do that. Just be the best parent you can be by uh, supporting and giving them as much information as possible so that they can. And then you want to like try to empower them to eventually start making decisions. But um, just be a star in your role as a parent. Be the best parent you can be. And parents really, their role is kind of there to support. So. Let me ask you both this: Do you guys ever tell a parent straight up that maybe this situation isn't the best place for your kid? Hundred percent. I've told plenty of parents that. Okay. Buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything doesn't work out for every every kid, and I want to see the kids flourish too. So, like, 
I've had kids where I, you know, I said like, you know, you know, I know he's going to be this. I know you guys aren't going to be satisfied with that. So I understand if you take this route and you go with this team organization. Um, cream rises to the to the top, you know. Mm. So you're going to find if you're good, you're good. You'll be found. I, I truly believe that. So. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Um, known each other for years, Jason. I think I've known you since what the probably third or fourth grade. Buzz, we going yeah. on a good fifteen years now, so it's rare seeing your childhood friends, collegehood friends, all on one conversation and, and doing things to give back and help the youth. So just in that, you guys should give yourself a pat on the back. Buzz, thank you again for hopping on the call with the young boy, Muhammad. Hopefully you can keep an eye on him as well, and maybe we can get him out to Nebraska or wherever you might be in a few years. Um, Jason as well. I'm sure you'll be at the college level soon enough. I just want to thank you guys for joining me, and hopefully we can do this again. All right, man. Appreciate it, man. Most definitely I appreciate it, Tito. Um, You know, ditto to everything you said, for sure. Either they don't know, don't show, I don't care about what's going on in the huddle. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.